Many people, particularly in our Western culture of material abundance, rush, press, and battle to get some sort of prize. These quote-unquote prizes can be financial, positional, prideful, or material. But bear in mind that these prizes that people strive for are usually sooner or later perishable. On today's Keeping It Real, the conversation will be on a different kind of race. This glorious race that will be highlighted can only bring hope and true energy for the soul that's divine. Running this race comes with some scars, but then translates into strength. Running this race can be a combination of, as Frank Viola describes, a blend of glory and gore. What will be offered up on this episode can produce perseverance and endurance that a 100% pay raise or a triple shot espresso cannot give anyone. Are you someone that feels like a hamster running endlessly on a wheel but not really going anywhere? This show's for you. Or are you someone that's not really running anywhere as you're happy with the status quo? This show's for you too. You want to get in a race that's completely different from anything this world has to offer? Then you've come to the right place here on the Keeping It Real podcast. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. It's the podcast that provides real answers for life's issues by proclaiming Jesus Christ for who he really is. Now, here's the host of Keeping It Real, Ollie G. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Keeping It Real podcast. And uh, this year has already been quite a lively one. And I've got my conversation partner, Tatiana Dunnett, on with me for yet another episode of this podcast. This one is entitled Running This Race. And in scripture, there are a number of references made to the Christian life or equating the Christian life to it being a race or like a race. And Tanya not only knows this from a scriptural perspective, but also from a physical perspective as she has been a runner. She has run in marathons. I have never run in a marathon. I could never dream of ever running in a marathon, but she certainly has. And I'm sure she'll relate some of those experiences as well to what we will talk about scripturally in this edition of the podcast. Tatiana, how has running the race been lately? (laughs) Uh, In life, quite uh quite eventful um i know that we probably shared uh most recently is that i'm a, i'm a new mom and so that definitely has uh that's a big part of why i asked the question by the way I'm, <laughs> like i said running the race i'm sure you're literally running chasing your yeah. child around the house yes yeah so definitely some some physical running going on as as my child is now uh relatively mobile um but uh you know between being a mom and a career woman and a wife and you know trying to be a present friend and family member it's it's a lot it can feel like an absolute uh rat race sometimes and uh requires uh some good strength training and breaks and and just kind of all the things strength training in there too so that's how you carry that piano around (laughs) yes exactly yeah okay well i'm glad we got that cleared up because i was kind of (laughs) wondering how you manage that but now the strength training part answers that that at that end of things so that's great i'm going to read a passage of scripture from hebrews chapter 12 as we kind of now dive into this because as i mentioned the apostle paul And a lot of people believe he's the author of Hebrews, but whoever the author of Hebrews is or was equates the Christian life 
to a race, Paul in Corinthians, which is another passage in 1 Corinthians that we're going to be looking at, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to be looking at in a few moments. Paul also does it uh, with the believers at Corinth. Um, but in this passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the scripture says, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, so... The Christian life, I've heard a lot of times from different preachers and teachers, is that it is a marathon and not a sprint. And I would tend to agree with that. Mm -hmm. As an experienced marathon runner, not me, that being you, <laughs> as an experienced marathon runner, what is the worst thing one can do when running such a long race? Having experienced this myself um, with being a novice runner with the, when the, when I ran my first, my first actual race that I ran was a half marathon and I was doing so well with the training, or at least I thought, and then I got injured about a week prior to the actual race date. And I still went through and ran it. I don't recommend that. Don't run injured because you'll end up, the recovery will be a little worse, but I think I can say without a doubt, poor training is definitely the worst thing you can do when you prepare to run a long race. So it's not about just like, can you train to run the long distance? It's a lot of other things that you have to do. Are you fueling your body appropriately? Are you doing that strength training? You're working on, you know, leg muscles and upper body muscles. And are you pacing yourself well? Are you not overextending so that when you get to the day of the race, your body is as ready, your mind is ready and you're physically, you're like, all those different elements are, are at their peak so that you can run your absolute best because if they're not, so many things can go wrong on the day of that race. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned like being prepared uh, physically. I kind of look at more of the mental preparation aspect of it. Big mistake that I made and I just run little 5K races. You know, I, I run the little- No running, that's, that's a good thing. I, I run the short distances. <laughs> but a big mistake that I've done before is go out too fast. I'm thinking if I can establish a pace, then I'm going to run a good race. And I would go out and too fast and the first mile was good. And then the next thing I know, by the time the third mile comes around, I've got like nothing left. I'm out of gas and it's amazing <laughs> yep. that I can finish the thing. So- <laughs> There is certainly something to be said for preparation, mm -hmm. whether if it be physical or mental. What do you think to now piggyback off of the physical or the the, the illustration of an actual race where one runs? Mm -hmm. How does this correlate to the Christian life? Because I think there are just far too many Christians that enter into a given day or go from their daily living, their day-to-day -day living, where they're not really prepared spiritually. They may not admit this, but I mean, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. And the scripture says, Peter says, be alert because of it. Be alert because your enemy prowls around. Where do so many Christians in today's Christian world drop the ball or struggle with this? Well, I think 
greatly it's it's not having enough discernment or um foundation within the scriptures. So that's kind of like your your training as you prepare for that race. And they go out thinking, you know, oh, today's a great day. I'm gonna, you know, or life's going really well and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go kind of headlong into it. And then the minute something happens and it trips them up, either physically or spiritually, or you know, you lose a job, you break up with someone, whatever the situation might be, all of a sudden they lose perspective and it's, you know, the whole situation just becomes a real chaotic mess. And so instead of then dipping back into their training or in the biblical or the scriptural uh, spiritual sense of going into the scriptures or in prayer to the Lord, they all of a sudden fall apart um, mm-hmm. because they have not prepared themselves well for when things go wrong and who to turn to and then how to handle um, the situations that you know, can make things messy. And then, and then where do you go once you're in that situation? How do you pick yourself back up, dust yourself back off and continue running? Because yeah. don't want to stop in the middle of a race and just say, I quit. Yeah. Amen. I tell you, uh, you know, people, I just think that they don't even think about a lot of things in day-to-day living. You know, they just think, you know, they kind of go through their same routine and the Lordship of Christ is just, um, you use the word perspective, which is a loaded word and a very relevant word when it comes to the Christian life mm-hmm. and living it from a point of power and living it from a point of victory and mm-hmm. joy. I think that the Lordship of Christ has to be of essence. And the problem is it's not of, of essence for nearly enough uh, people who name the name of Christ. And I think this is why there's a lot of nominal Christian mm-hmm. living going on. Um, well, it's a lot of it's a lot of feeling based too. So it's you yes. know I'm, I'm feeling great, life feels great. I feel like I'm doing a great job, and you know, Lord made it very clear that you know I'm not here to make you happy in the sense of your emotional state, but I am here to give you joy that's mm-hmm. longstanding and, and sustaining. And so that's so different. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that you know, we'll jump back to this passage here in Hebrews chapter twelve before we're done here today, but. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you want to read verses 24 through 27 in here in just a minute, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 24 through 27 is another passage, and this is, we know Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, mm-hmm. and this is a passage that he lays out because I believe he had an eye, or he had a, a an athletic eye about him, you know, because he was describing not only race, but in this passage, also within this passage, he describes shadow boxing mm-hmm. uh, as well. So he kind of had an athletic way about him. So I don't, you know, none of us can imagine what he looked like or what, 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 what his demeanor was or anything, but we kind of get this sense about him. Mm-hmm. So why don't you read this passage? And then I've got a whole series of questions that okay. come from this. And I'll be definitely curious to hear your input on uh, these questions as it relates to this passage of scripture. Okay. So I am reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, So 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. 
Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Okay, so we've got a lot there. The first question is basically a preview question uh, before Mm -hmm. we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what Paul is saying here. Um, Paul stresses humility a lot in his letters. He basically rips apart pride, which is the polar opposite of humility. And then he talks about humility, even to the church at Corinth. He says, you guys got a problem. You guys are too puffed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys kind of, kind of need to be knocked down a few pegs. Um, and through the you know inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's laying this out to not only the Corinthians, but anybody else who would read this letter. Mm-hmm. So what is he after here at being the fact that he stresses humility so much in his letters what is he after here with receiving or winning a prize i absolutely just i love him he's one of my favorite people in the bible but i because i find him so incredibly relatable and so you know prior to coming to christ he was a very notable religious figure but pride was what really you know drove him and so when he was humbled in his uh in when Jesus spoke to him on that road to Damascus and his encounter with Christ, he he just made such a 180 turn. And I think he really focuses on, you know, the prize aspect and humility because on in a tangible and earthly perspective, there's that word again, you know, we we do things to receive something in return that is what we consider valuable, whether it's the job promotion, whether it's the medal at the end of a race, whether it's, you know, the part in the school play, whatever that might be. And it's for, and we do it to receive our own accolades or our own glory of like, look right. what I've done. Look at all the hard work that I did. And this is, this is a result of my work. Yes. And Paul is stressing um, the fact that we have to work for an eternal prize that is not about us, but it's in fact about Christ, but it's the best prize that we could receive. And, and if we're going to actually gain that prize at the end, we have to humble ourselves and realize it is not in our own power that we're going to be able to do this run or run this race. It's that, you know, we're with Christ in the process. And in the end, we're rewarded with our eternal, you know, community with him in heaven. And so it's, it's so opposite of our natural human instinct to say, look what I did and not doing workspace, which is a big thing that, you know, scriptures talk about, like, you know, our salvation is a gift. It's not something we have uh, done in our own power. And, you know, Paul talks about not boasting in his own strength. Um, And so I think it's just, you know, not getting caught up in our own abilities and realizing that in the end, it's all about Jesus. Yes. And I appreciate you bringing out how uh, distinguishing between works looking to earn salvation Mm -hmm. versus grace, how it's given to us by grace and how there's a clear distinguishing thing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also true in uh, our sanctified life as well. I mean, somehow Christians have gotten into this thinking that, oh, yeah, I know I didn't have to work for my salvation, but now we've got to constantly work. Well, Mm -hmm. our works don't enable us to gain any more favor with God than what we did prior to us working, shall we say. The works are inspired and motivated and compelled within us through the Holy Spirit. So that's the clear distinguishing trait there. And I appreciate you bringing out how, uh, you know, there is these rewards at the end because Paul certainly addresses that with the Corinthians in another spot. You know, some people do works and it ends up being wood, hay and stubble at the judgment seat of Christ. And then for others, it's gold, silver and precious jewels. Dare I say that when he talks about earning a prize here, 
yes, it does include, as you so eloquently and truthfully and, and accurately point out, how a reward that we get at the end. And there are other places in scripture talking about different crowns and stuff that we get. Mm -hmm. And that's great. But I would say, I would go so far to say that the, there's a prize to be had here and now. Yeah. The prize is Christ. Mm -hmm. The prize is him. We get to experience him. We get mm -hmm. to encounter him. We get mm -hmm. to abide in him. We get to walk with him. And that is, think about how incredibly blessed or how incredibly privileged the disciples were walking yeah. around with this man for three years. They and they and they didn't really understand they the didn't value. Really understand it, right? They didn't, they didn't understand have how no they clue. Had it. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting here going, "I'm so jealous because I, I would have gladly taken your place yeah, so that right. I could have actually experience it." Right they got to hang with him. They got to yeah. behold him, see him in action, see him in motion. Mm -hmm. And now we get the chance to experience him even all the more fully because of the coming of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit seals us and, and bears witness with, with our spirit that we are the children of God, Romans 8. Uh, it is so incredible. So I believe that while there is a prize to be had at the end, mm -hmm. there's also a prize to be had here and now, and that is him. And that is really what blows my mind mm -hmm. and, and my heart away. Can you emphasize how this race has been largely misconstrued and to be bluntly honest, gotten to be messed up with much of the Christian teaching today? Well, I think I, I, I may have touched slightly on it previously, but it it's even within the Christian community, everything is leaning towards in more of those progressive circles, perhaps leaning more towards um you know, your own gain and prosperity gospel. And look, look, you know, God, God intends for me to have all of these things. And this means that I'm blessed. And, uh, you know, I get out of it, right. Yeah. What do we get out of it? Exactly. And, and I think it's, it's a really poor distinction, um, for those who don't know Christ to be able to separate. Well, what's, what's so different? You know, why do I need to follow this Jesus? If you're demonstrating the same thing that I can have without having to follow him, all of the, wow. the material wealth and the, you know, whatever it might be. I think that we have lost sight of focusing on Jesus really. And it's become so, and we've gotten mired into uh, the values of the world and, and, and it's such a gray and muddy view that it's for a lot of people, it's hard to distinguish what it is. And I, and I think that's a shame because we're supposed to, you know, we're in the world, we're not supposed to be of the world. And yet we are very much in the world yes. and, and mixing in where we probably shouldn't be. Yes. And that piggybacks off of kind of what we have already touched on in one podcast episode early on in this 2024 season. And, you know, when you look at the people of scripture, in particular those in the New Testament, mm -hmm. um, also the old, but in the New Testament, and when we, we've been talking about Paul, for example, and look at how he was treated. And he was dirt poor. I mean, mm -hmm. he had very little going on economically. He was a tent maker, I believe. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. And, and, and I've proclaimed that, emphasized that on uh, this podcast and in prior episodes. But he was imprisoned. He was chained to other prisoners mm -hmm. in a dungeon, no bathroom, yep. not much food, dark, damp, uncomfortable. 
he was either on the run if he wasn't in jail he was on the run a lot of times or mm -hmm. there would be mobs of people that would follow him around could you imagine people value their privacy nowadays right and everybody's talking about give me some privacy you know i've got do a they know? i mean do they with all the social media and let me post every aspect yeah, of my right, life? right 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 <laughs> well that's a whole other element to it but i mean could you imagine like paul like he didn't have a probably a private moment to this guy's life yeah. And, and Jesus, the only private moments that he had is when he got off to a quiet place to pray, whether it be on a mountaintop or or out in the you know woods somewhere or whatever. And I mean, they were constantly under pressure. They were constantly filled. There was tension all around them. Mm -hmm. And the way how they handled it was being a, a champ for Christ, really. It was just, they had just such a passionate love for him and nothing was going to deter that. Mm -hmm. So it leads me or brings me into the next question. How have cheap substitutes captured Christians instead of seeing and knowing Christ more deeply as the prize? We live in a society of instant gratification and Christians also long for instant gratification. We want to say our prayer and we want it answered immediately. Hmm. We want to demonstrate- We want it answered the way we think it's best. To yes, go. exactly. Or we we demonstrate obedience to you know the Lord's prompting or the Spirit's prompting and we want the blessing and the reward immediately for that obedience. And oh, it's just, it has just tainted our- the the gratitude that comes with hard work and and um the patience and and waiting in the in between we are not good at waiting we're very impatient and you know it's hard and I'll, I'll admit that i i have struggled with this sometimes in my walk it's really hard to see people who are not following christ seemingly getting everything that they want and being successful and you know having whatever things they might have or, you know, getting married and having kids or, you know, at a time when I was single and longing for those things, it's, it's hard and going, all right, Lord, like I'm doing what I'm called to do. And I'm, you know, waiting for that husband, or I'm, you know, we're waiting to have kids until we feel, you know, led to do so or whatever the situation might be. And it's so hard to just wait and on him that isn't necessarily always the tangible, you know, receiving of these rewards. And so it's, and I see that amongst all of my Christian friends, um, you know, even those that are, are very faithful in their walk, they do struggle with, you know, not having things in the timing that we think we should have them. Yeah. And there's a tendency that to be that if anybody here, you describe your friends, imagine most, if not all of them are living here in the West, mm -hmm. uh, whether they be in the US or right where you're at in Canada. Um, you know, we live in a very affluent uh, part of the world. And yeah. so first, first world problems that we, we that we yeah. so struggle with. <laughs> right. So, I mean, those definitely have a lot more potential. Those struggles have a lot more potential to become a reality or to enter into one's life. So I'd certainly echo what you say. Um, none of us are exempt of that, I don't think. Yeah. No. Um, but uh, there is this uh, way that has to be about us. There's a calling. Yeah. Uh, to to go deeper with the Lord. And as one goes deeper with the Lord, um, a lot of those other things matter much less. So uh, appreciate uh, you answering that. Now I want to transition from 
kind of the Christian community to the community at large. Uh, because listen, there's uh, some unbelievers that may be listening to this episode of the podcast. And so this is a question that deals with the public at large. And that is for folks outside of Christ, what races are run and for what prizes? Mm. Why do you think Christ is not seen as worth pursuing for so many people? Job promotion, you know, the record deal, the big house, the fancy car, you know, all those material wealth mm. um, that comes in. And, you know, things that that the enemy dangles in front of our faces and go, look, this is going to bring you this, just this one more thing. Then you're going to be happy. Then you're going to be happy. This is going to fill that void um, in your in your life or your heart or that longing that you have that is obviously can only be filled with um, Christ because, you know, God created us to be in communion with him. And so that longing can only really truly be satisfied with him. But the enemy presents a counterfeit of what that joy can be. And so, you know, when you get those, those big shiny bubbles that, that the world offers, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, I've got what I need. And so because Christ asks us to deny ourselves and deny our desires for those physical items or those, you know, the big fancy house and the, and the shiny car and the, and the, you know, the newest cell phone or whatever, uh, for a lot of people, letting that go is scary because the unknown of what is going to be in replacement of that, or sometimes the complete loss of that and the humbling and having to surrender all of that, it's just not desirable. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to move out of my house and go, you know, do ministry in the inner city and live in, you know, a dumpy apartment and take public transportation. Sometimes Christ really asks us to empty of ourselves in order. And it's, and because it's no longer about our glory and look at me and what I have, and it becomes what, you know, how do we glorify Christ? A lot of times the, you know, the heart is prideful and wants to have that recognition. Um, and so when that, you know, the spotlight's taken off of us, the desire again to follow Christ becomes less desirable. And so for those who are outside of that, it's like, uh, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, in the long run, I get to heaven, but that seems so far away. Like I want to enjoy life now while I'm here on earth. So, that what, <laughs> so what you're just drawing out there really brings me back or brought my mind to all the way back to a podcast episode near towards the beginning, uh, the difference between two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And for someone who's living outside of Christ, who are they living for? They're, they're, li- they're looking to establish their own kingdom. Yeah. Exactly. They they got their own uh-huh. kingdom. Whatever that looks like, yeah. uh-huh. my palace, a big house, mm-hmm. or even for a kid in grade school, right, or high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I can get with that girl and take mm-hmm. her to the prom, or if yeah. I can get with that guy and take him to the prom, or if I can acquire this position or make it to this position, it mm-hmm. it's about their legacy, uh-huh. their rep, right. Or mm-hmm. they say in the streets, oh, uh, they're building up their street cred, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's all about their kingdom. Whereas for the person who is running the race, that is running the race for Christ, it's about, it's his, about kingdom. his kingdom. It's yeah. about lifting up the name of Jesus. It's about what he has done, dying mm-hmm. on the cross, conquering the grave, so that one day we too can have the victory over death. 
but it's about his life in us living from a point of victory, not a point of defeat, mm -hmm. living for him, who is the very reason and the essence of life, because he's mm -hmm. the reason why we were born. He's the reason why we've been sustained. And he yeah. is the reason as to why we even want to go to where we're going. He mm -hmm. alone is the reason not, I mean, the streets of gold are nice and hanging out with some of the other brethren are nice, but he <laughs> is the reason. Yeah. Why we even want to be identified with him in the here and now and why we want to be identified with him in the future or in the eternal future. He yeah. is the reason for it. So mm -hmm. that is in large part what this race, I believe, is about and the difference between Christian and non-Christian. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, here's something I just it's not even a question. I just want you to describe this, because in this passage of scripture that you read in First Corinthians nine, Paul talks about an imperishable crown. Okay, now you as a as a runner, okay, right? <laughs> you're going for that trophy. You're going for that medal, right? Yeah. I've gotten a couple of medals in the little chintzy 5K races that yeah. I do. <laughs> the marathons that you run, you're going after that prize. And then Paul says, run in such a way as to get that prize. Now, not mm -hmm. the prize of running of running a physical race, of course. Right. Run in such a way as to get that prize. And he describes this imperishable crown. Can you describe what that is? The imperishable crown would be you're reunited with Christ in glory and, and and he places that crown of like eternal life on your head and you have now joined him um, in eternity with him. You, you know, you have received the well done, good and faithful servant, uh, you know, welcome home. Um, and, you know, the, the scriptures do talk about, you know, the different crowns and the jewels that you you get and whether or not that's a literal crown or whether it's, you know, um, symbolic of something right. that you know, we don't quite understand. You know, there's lots of symbolism in the in the scriptures, but um, that crown is is your your crowning glory in eternity. And it's I, there's just there's nothing that compares to that and i and i think they they reference crowns a lot too because back in the biblical times when you know the greeks and the romans did their races they received an actual physical wreath and a crown placed on their head so the winner received this you know this beautiful i don't know what material it would have been made of but it was a big deal that you were you know you were placed this crown on your head and that was you know your sign of your victory that you were the one that that you know, what stood out from the rest. Um, and so the crown, that would have been a reference um, because in the in the times of when the scriptures were written, that was an actual physical thing that was done with races. But um, the crown that, that Paul is talking about is, is the glory that you receive when, when you come to Christ okay. in heaven. So uh, that's certainly true. And again, it all centers on Christ. Uh, mm -hmm. again, just, I mentioned a short time ago, like he's the reason why we even want to go uh, to, to heaven or enter into yeah. eternity. Yeah. So, um, that crown is, yes, it's something that we have again, futuristically to look forward to, but mm -hmm. also again, I can't help but to wonder again, th th this is where I just get so excited because I join you in being so excited about Paul's writings Yeah. And being so stoked. I get so fired up about this. When mm -hmm. he talks to the Ephesians, for example, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, that's not only futuristically, like not yet, but it's also here and now. Yeah. And so when he says you will receive an imperishable crown, like I think we there's already an element to it that we've already received upon mm -hmm. placing our faith in him and being right. 
in the family of God, being in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I'm receiving, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Like, yes. And he yeah. looks at us like J. Vernon McGee makes this commentary on the book of Philippians where, you know, he talks about where Paul talks to the Philippians about how you are to shine like lights in the midst of a dark and perverse generation. And J. Verda McGee translates that as you, when you look up into the at, at the nighttime sky and you see all the stars up there, that's the way how God views his kids down mm-hmm. here in a dark world. We're mm-hmm. the bright spots. It's yeah. mostly dark. It's mm-hmm. mostly nothing much to look at, but then there are these bright lights up there at nighttime, right? That's the mm-hmm. way how God looks at us, these shiny lights that are his awesome representatives. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I've got That's one more question for you, and we'll revert back because we're about running out of time. In the, in the Hebrews passage, in mm-hmm. verses 1 and 2, where it talks about running the race with perseverance and endurance. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what you have to say about this, because I wanted to try and leave a good chunk of time for this last question, because there's like three questions that yeah. I rolled into one here. What does running this race look like? Like if you were to draw a picture, what does it look like? How how does the experience not compare to anything else? Like running this race for Christ. Mm. And who benefits from Christians running this race with endurance and perseverance? Okay, lots to unpack there. Yes. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) That's okay. Um, so the first question you asked, what does it, what does it look like when you're running this race or, or yeah. So in, you know, in relating to a physical race, it is, it is one of the most taxing things you'll ever do, particularly running a marathon, which I've done too, you know, cause I'm a glutton for punishment, apparently two <laughs> marathons, two half marathons. And I want to start training in January for a third half marathon. So, you know, I just, I just keep punishing myself, but, um, <laughs> Uh, it is like you said, physically is one thing, but mentally it's a whole, it's a whole nother ball game and and you're doing well and you're getting past the 10 mile and you're at the 15 and then you hit the 20 and you realize you have just like six more to go. And you're just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can keep going. And when you get to that mental state of starting to doubt yourself, uh, or doubt the ability to finish the race, everything else starts to kind of fall apart a little bit. Um, and so I think even in, in the Christian run, uh, of running this life race, uh, you know, when we are focused on the Lord and we're like in the zone and we're like, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking at for at the end and I'm like, I got him with me. He's running alongside me. Everything's great. And then kind of like when Peter's on the water and he starts seeing all the storms around him, that's a slightly different imagery. But when you start doubting, uh, you know, okay, God, I don't understand what you're doing here. Or like, you know, I didn't expect you to take that job away from me, or I didn't expect you to ask me to walk away from this relationship, or I didn't expect, you know, this, 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 you know, all these different sacrifices. And, and Christ did say like, you know, you're going to suffer uh, in this life for me, but consider it, you know, joy because you know, I've overcome the world, but you know, we know that this run is going to be difficult. Jesus made that very clear. Don't expect that it's going to be super easy. 
and that everything's going to go well and you're never going to cramp up when you're running or you're not going to dehydrate or you're not going to get hungry or you're not going to have to like, you know, go to the porta potty or the bathroom because all of a sudden you're going <laughs> to up whatever the situation might be. Like Christ made it very clear. You're going, this is not going to be easy, but I'm going to be with you and I'm going to be your pacing coach. I'm going to, you know, the person who runs with the flag that paces and you're like, okay, great. I'm going to just follow him and keep my eye on him. And that That's way great. I know I'm, I'm keeping great. where I should be. Um, you know, it makes it, it makes it more endurable, even when you fall down and skin your knee and you get back up and he's, you know, he's right out there with his hand picking you up saying, we got to keep going. You can do this. Let's run. I think who benefits from that aside from us as the Christians, obviously, because we realize that we're not running for the things of this world that, you know, the things that are going to, you know, be moldy and rusty and eventually, um, you know, disappear into the ashes and dust that it came from. But I think if we can run this race well, but also with vulnerability and transparency and honesty, mm. what kills me more than anything, some Christians and, you know, I, I mean, that's real generalization, but those who act like I've got it all together and, you know, I'm not cramping. This is great. Life's fun. You know, I'm just doing it all together. And, you know, that's not keeping it real. At all. That's not keeping it real at all. And then you get, you get people who, who go into the Christian faith or look at it going, great, this is going to be so easy. And then they get into it and they're like, Somebody lied to me. Who lied? Because this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. So I think, you know, unbelievers greatly benefit from us being real and saying, listen, yeah, I love Jesus and I'm running for something different, but that doesn't mean that I don't fall down. Doesn't mean that I don't mess up. Doesn't mean that I don't get discouraged. Doesn't mean that I don't doubt. Doesn't mean that I sometimes walk away and have to be brought back in. But at the end, you know, it's so much worth you know it's worth all those struggles because you know this world is only temporary and it's not going to satisfy and what you just described as a growth or a maturation process is mm-hmm. all it is absolutely and uh, you know if that is ultimately what people can have the opportunity to see mm-hmm. and experience from being around you or i or or, or someone who is going through the maturation process. That's yeah. how they get benefited. And that's the difference too, between a novice runner and someone who does it as a career, like in the physical sense, like you, the novice runner, like I did with my first race, ran like a complete idiot and didn't train the way I was supposed to and ended up hurting myself. And then by the time I ran my fourth long distance race, I figured out some things of how to change and ran a much better race, but it took a lot of hard knocks to get to that. And I had to be willing to learn to make those changes. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of what the Christian life is, too. It's school. And, um, you know, we've all experienced uh, our fair share of stuff. I know you have. Certainly I have. I've testified to that stuff even on this podcast a number of times over. Um, And that's why uh, we keep it real here (laughs) in the the Keeping It Real podcast, Uh, you know, and I appreciate your great in-depth answer. Uh, to all the questions, but especially to that last question, I wouldn't ask that question or that multifaceted question to just about anybody. But I figured if there was anybody that could get us to, you know, round third and get us home, uh, to use a baseball illustration, uh, it, it would have been the Lord being able to use you to do it. I was just absolutely amazed at how you answered that, correlating the physical race with the race. The, this running this race for the Lord, 
that Paul emphasizes definitely to the Corinthians and whoever the author was to Hebrews. But I definitely appreciate your time uh, today. You definitely were all jacked up and ready to go after a nice uh, kind of lengthy break from yeah. conversating <laughs> on the Keep, Keeping It Real podcast. We'll let you know when you're due up again. All right. uh, but I appreciate, again, your input. And I encourage everybody out there listening this episode, running this race. If you know anybody who's struggling with running the race, if you know anybody who's not running the race, if you know anybody who's run the race for a little bit of time, but they could use this as a reinforcer, I greatly encourage you to uh, share this uh, with everybody that you know, get them to listen to it, have them share it with their peeps so that more and more people running this race with perseverance and endurance.